0: the Baggies Broadcast bonus episode uh, brought to you uh, tonight by myself, Johnny Drury, and I'm alongside three Baggies fans. What we're going to do, th- there's still been Baggies broadcast. we've still brought you the guest episodes while the World Cup's been on, but we thought we'd chat with sort of three of our own and get their views on the the season or, or last season as well so far. It hasn't been great, but it seems to be on a bit of an up- upward trajectory now under Carlos Corbrand. So we're going to get the views of three Albion fans about all the goings on. Down at the Hawthorne So alongside me, I've got Chloe Lane. Chloe, you're from Tipton. I've got Jack Coombs, a season ticket holder from. I've got Oldbury slash Dudley, and then I've got 18 slash 19 when recorded. So I'm guessing yeah. you've probably had your had your birthday now. So happy birthday! <laughs> and we've got Jacob Smith from Dudley, who's from a, fal- a family of Albion fans, I'm told, um, and he's been a season ticket holder for the last seven years. He's a freelance musician. I don't know if you've had any slots in the in the fan zone yet on the stage. Jacob?
1: Uh, Not yet, no. Still waiting for my invite.
0: (laughs) Still waiting for the call-up. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, guys, thanks for coming on and thanks for uh, giving up your time, really, to talk about the Albion, um, which is, you know, we're all big Albion fans. That's what we like to do. So we're going to take a a little bit of a glance back at last season. I know uh, a lot of people probably won't want to do that. Um, Look at what's gone on this season. We'll discuss your predictions for the rest of the campaign and we'll get your views on some of the off-field issues that are surrounding the football club at the moment. Um, but first I'm going to start with I'm going to start on a positive. We've had three wins on the banks going into the the um the World Cup the international break. It's all turned around under Carlos Corbran. I'm going to come to you first Chloe. Um it's just been nice to see Albion win some games recently, isn't it?
2: It has and I think it's definitely boosted the morale of like the team and the fans as well. I think it's going to do wonders and I think going off from the World Cup and then hopefully building on that momentum and starting something positive is always welcome. Really. Did you
0: did you think it was going to happen so quickly under under Carlos? Obviously, the first game was wasn't great. It was a bit of a sort of non-starter, and then the last three games. Did you sort of see it turning around so quickly?
2: I was surprised how quickly it did because I thought because it was a complete change of how we were playing. I thought it'd take a couple of games to get used to his style of play, but I mean. Clearly working his magic
0: on the training pitch. So yeah. And what about you, got J- Jacob? Just coming to you. Was was um was Carl? You know, Carlos Corbran came as the out as the number one target. There were a few other names sort of banded about before he was appointed. What did you What did you make of him um, when he was appointed? Obviously, he did really well at Huddersfield. Um, did you think he he could replicate at Albion or or, or can? I suppose he has well, it, a little it, bit it so far.
1: The, it was the appointment that I wanted. Uh, when you looked at some of the names that we were. Uh, when we were considering. Um, he was the standout one as a young, vibrant manager um, who had done really, really well at Huddersfield. So um, it felt for me like it was going to be the right fit for us. And thankfully, the last three games, it seems to hopefully starting started to show that he could be the right
0: fit for us. Yeah, well, hopefully there's our positive start. I'm going to go right back into a negative now by going back to, to what's really happened over the last sort of 12 to 18 months. I'll come to you to start with, um, Jack, we all know what transpired last season um you know he started so well under Valerian Ishmael and then sort of Steve Bruce came in and it ended up being you know it's the worst season you know guessing with how old you guys are it's the worst season I can remember as an Albion fan and I'm sure it's the worst season you guys can remember as an Albion fan um did you see it coming at all Jack you know did you see signs of it at all earlier in the season? Um, and then you know when Steve Bruce took over we were still sort of fourth fifth in the table. I think yeah fourth I think we were in the table. Did you see what happened? Because it was just a week after week, just crap after crap, almost wasn't it? To the, yeah. For that rest I mean, of the season.
3: Under Ishmael, we was doing all right on the table, but the football started to really deteriorate. Eh? But you brought in Bruce, and I think it was destined to fail from the start, to be honest. None of the fans wanted him. Obviously, we all got behind him, but there was just there wasn't that connection with him. I think. The start of this season, we started to play a bit better, but you know, he was never going to be the right appointment for us, was he?
0: No, and it's interesting what you say there. You know, obviously, the Albion were winning games, I think it was 10 unbeaten under Ishmael at the start of last season. Um, but you said the football wasn't great. I'm, this is something that sort of interests me, and I'm going to get your view of everyone. I'll come to you first, Jacob. Um, would you take obviously, you know, we think that the football's look quite good under Carlos Corbran. he's going to take time to really implement his his style and get Albion properly going. But if it would have carried on under Ishmael and Albion was still winning, would you accept that even though the football was pretty turgid?
1: For me, if we're winning games, I'm I'm happy, you know, people, you know, related Tony Pulis for his style of football and it wasn't pretty by in the in any kind of way, was it? But, you know, we were winning games one nil and we were fairly comfortable, weren't we, in the Premier League and if Ishmael had carried on winning games, um, football wasn't brilliant, but I'd have been happy because we're winning games where we should be. We're fighting for promotion, but see, when we weren't winning games, um, if the style of football is not great, you know, fans do tend to turn a lot quicker than if you play some really good football.
0: Yeah, what about you, Co? You know, is it is it style first and and points as well? Do you want a bit of both, or is it you know points and the performances, if they if they are entertaining, then so be it.
2: I think where we are at the minute in the league, I think we need the points more so than performance. I think growing up when I was watching like Tony Pulis, like Jacob said about like we'd win like 1-0 and it would be the worst football I've ever seen, but we'd still come away with three points. So I think at the minute, I'd rather just take three points than watch like fancy football, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just, just throwing it back to you, um, Jack, because you were talking about Steve Bruce and and football being a bit better at the start of this season. Just going back even further to the summer, and we saw the the recruitment. He did a bit of business early, brought in John Swift and and Jed Wallace. Um, okay, Kushlu came back as well. Were you were you optimistic back in there in the, in the summer? I, I know I've spoken to a lot of Albion fans that did have a little bit of optimism. The squad that Steve Bruce was building, it wasn't the overhaul as it was built earlier in the summer, but what we what we all sort of thoughts and feelings going into this season?
3: I mean, when you look at the players he brought in, I don't know, you like, you couldn't be optimistic for it, but it's just, they, you thought, Steve Bruce had the best manager, but with the players he's got now, surely mid-playoffs minimum. And then you see the start of the season, I think we started off with a draw. Thought so yeah, it's all right to build on. But then the, the wins just never started. We brought in all these players and we just couldn't get any wins for them. It's like, you know, just... Something didn't click with Bruce. I don't know if he didn't know how to use the players or what it was, but just wasn't working for him. Yeah,
0: Chloe, do you think he was, you know, going back to them performances earlier in the season, you know, Watford at home, all right, we won 1-0 down, but we absolutely battered Watford. You know, there were other games where arguably Albion should have won. Um, and it was just it just seemed that Albion had no one to stick the, the ball in the net. Is there a sense of maybe in some fans feel a bit so- sorry for Bruce in the fact that, you know, he had his, his main striker has sort of been out injured and and came back and then got injured again? Did, did was certain things sort of go against him?
2: Um, Maybe, but I think in terms of recruitment and stuff, we obviously rely quite heavily on getting in midfield players, but we should have got another striker in because we knew DK was going to be injured anyway, so we weren't going to have, you know, that many options up front, which is why we got Thomas Asante quite late in the window, really. So I think... Ultimately, we just needed to focus more on the kind of recruitment side of things and getting in quality players that would have got us those goals.
0: Yeah, just coming to you, Jacob, in terms of that recruitment, Thomas Asante was one that I stupidly missed off of my list there. You know, he came in sort of quite late in the window, a lower league player. You know, he's been a bit of a bonus, isn't he, really? I'm sure that's sort of a, an area that Albion fans would like to target again in the future, looking at them them little gems from, from lower down the pyramid.
1: I mean they're kind of free hits aren't they because if you get a thomas asante for what was it about 300 grand um that could turn out to be a brilliant piece of business but you could get them like we've had in the past and they turn out to not be brilliant but if you haven't paid a big fee for them um you know you're not missing out too much so and the the signs are positive with him so um, and considering perhaps the financial restraints we've got, you know, it might be that we're looking towards a few more lower league gems to to help um, kind of transform this squad, aren't we?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good point. Uh, just moving on, sort of, we're still looking back towards the start of the season, but as things progressed, Albion weren't picking up wins. Then they got that victory over Hull, the 5-2 win. Um, Jacob, I'll come back to you quickly, um, briefly. Did, did you think... Was there a point where you thought it was going to click with Bruce and, and the signings that he'd made? Or or was it just sort of that result, that whole result maybe papered over a few cracks? What was your feeling around that time?
1: I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, I thought we played, there weren't many games when I thought we we were pretty, you know, we were bad. And I thought generally we were probably the better team in, um, in most games at the beginning of the season. And I just thought once we got the whole result, um, I think me, like probably a lot of fans, thought we'd go on a bit of a run and start picking up a few wins. And one reason or another, it just seemed to seem to go the other way. As opposed to winning games, we started losing. So can't put my finger on that really.
0: Yeah. What about you, Jack? Was there a point where you thought this is, you know, th- there's no coming back from this now for for Bruce? Because you know performances were were quite good and and they were on the cusp of getting results, but then. You know, things did start going from sort of bad to worse. Swansea at home, I think, was a was a stand. I wasn't even at that game, and it still sort of is a bit of a sore so, sore subject for me. But um, when when did you sort of start thinking there's no there's no real return here for for Steve Bruce?
3: I mean, to be honest, it was from the day we appointed him. I just, it was just one manager that I just I didn't see working at the club at all in the summer. I wanted to you know get rid of him, but you know, you, have, you have to back the manager, but. You just couldn't see anything happening with him.
0: No. What about you, Chloe? You know, but all three of your Albion fans who go to every game. You know, was there a was there a, a sort of a turning point where? And what was your feeling overall of of Bruce? Were you one to it was sort of giving him a chance early on when the results weren't going well, or did you think he should have gone early on? Or when when did it sort of turn for you?
2: I mean, it was a pretty poor recruitment from the start, in my opinion. I don't think it ever should have happened. Um, I think it was kind of, I don't even think it was like a broad scope of managers that we were looking at, which is why we appointed him in the first place. And I think, obviously, you've got to give him the time and you've got to give him the chance with the players that we've got. But I think, ultimately, it just was not going to happen. And I think when we started going down the table and ultimately ended up in the relegation zone, I think we should have got rid of him a lot sooner than we did.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then it all sort of of culminated, didn't it? I think he was sacked after the Luton. Luton nil nil draw. Um, what was that? I'll come to you, Jacob. What was there? What was the low point for you of of Bruce's reign? Was there any particular result in there that you thought, you know, how have Albion got to this position? You know, they're in the bottom bottom three or or, or down. I can't remember where they were when Bruce left. I think they might be just on the edge of the bottom three. Um, was there any point where you were like, how have Albion got to this point? How has it got so bad?
1: It had to be the Birmingham game for me. Um, you know. Birmingham have had a great start and they've had a great season so far. Um, but we shouldn't have been letting that game go the way that we did and the manner that we did I know there was some costly mistakes um in that game, but that I think that was probably the lowest I felt as an Albion fan walking away from that game that night. It was thoroughly depressing, I think. But that was the mood I think around the stand really that you know, how are we in this position?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, we made Scott Hogan look like prime Lionel Messi that night, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I'll just come to it. that. For me, that was probably probably the low point. And I, and I have said some subsequently that Bruce probably should have gone after that game. Um, but just chant to, to all you guys, you guys sort of in and around your sort of early 20s or, or late teens, early 20s. You know, so you've watched Albion, like, like a lot of us supporters, you've watched Albion where they've been. They've always either been at the top of the championship or the bottom of the Premier League you know what's it been like for you Chloe sort of watching it and the, the sort of demise really I suppose it's a uh, it's been something that's quite quite different quite new almost and well, not very nice
2: yeah it's certainly a foreign feeling seeing how bad it is but I mean I've got like family members that have seen it <laughs> a lot worse and they just said this is the Albion we know yeah yeah
0: and and what about you Jack you know it's a uh, an odd feeling seeing Alvin down the bottom of the Championship. I've read about it in the past, but I'm sure you've I'm sure you've never, seen, you've never actually seen it.
3: I uh, know. It's like, when you're in the Premier League, you can accept being at the bottom of the table, but Alvin are one of the biggest teams in the Championship, so to be anywhere near the bottom of the table, you just don't understand how it's happened. It's poor poor recruitment, but poor, the manager should have never come in. Yeah. Well, I th-
0: think we've sensed that Jack didn't want Bruce from the very start, uh, <laughs> um, Jacob, I'll come to you. Bruce went, um, and then Rich Beale had that really good uh, win at uh, Reading, um, and then there was a few drab results after that. I think it was Bristol, City, wasn't it? And then I was down at Millwall; it was um, it was pretty pretty bad down at Millwall. Um, I, I've already asked you about the, the managerial appointment, but there, was there anyone else you were sort of you would have considered to take over at Albion? I know a lot of Albion fans wanted Sean Dyche, and there was never really a solid link to him, but. Was there anyone else that you thought could have been in the in the frame? There were certainly more names that were in the frame when Bruce was appointed.
1: I mean, Sean Dyche was the obvious one, wasn't he? Um, I mean, I I knew probably from the minute that he was, you know, fans were talking about him that he wouldn't come to West Brom. Um, you know, as well as he did at Burnley on a budget, you know, he at least he had some kind of a budget at Burnley, and it doesn't appear that um, there's an awful lot. He would have had an awful lot to work with at Albion. So, you know, I think I was, as I've said earlier, I was really happy with Corberan. Um I think if, but if I had to choose somebody else, it would have been Dyche because of, you know, we, we we can see what he's done on paper, what he did with our Burnley team. Um, so, yeah, Dyche would have been the one if we hadn't got Corbran.
0: Yeah, what about you, Chloe? It was your sort of name on your lips when, when Bruce was sacked and all the, the rumour mills and the Twitter stories were all sort of circling around.
2: I mean, for me as well, it was Deutsch. I I think, like what Jacob said, with the limited budget as well and the fact that he had such a lot, um, an extensive list of Premier League experience to try and push us back up in there. Um, But I kind of knew in the back of my head I didn't think anything would actually fabricate from all the rumours online. Um, But when I saw Corbran and everything that he did at Huddersfield as well, I was happy with that as well. I think at this point, I think for a lot of fans who were just that happy to have got rid of Bruce, I think they would have taken anyone really.
0: Yeah. And just finally to you, Jack, we know... You definitely didn't want Bruce back last year. Who did you uh, sort of definitely want this time before um, Corbram was appointed?
3: Yeah, it would have been Dodge for me as well, to be fair. But you know know it's unrealistic. But then I think you saw him at the Preston match, or there's rumours at the Preston match, you think, oh, maybe maybe he could be coming in. But uh, Corbram was always the second option, so I was happy with the appointment.
0: Yeah, the rumours of Roy Keane coming in started after the Preston game as well when he was in the crowd. That lasted for a a while didn't it Um, but Carlos is here he's got three wins under his belt now Um, just another topic I want to talk to you guys about because you've seen these players play for a number of different managers Um, we've heard it you know we heard their names mentioned you know we've said that their Albion careers are probably coming to an end people like Jake Livermore you know Kyle Bartley uh, Matt Phillips um, sort of every summer fans say oh they maybe need to move on they've had too many chances with different managers Um, but then well Bartley in particular um, scoring twice and um, Phillips as well have just had another resurgence under Carlos Corbran What's your view on them, Jack? Because you know, yeah, sort of fans say, oh, they sort of turn up and start playing because you know they want a new contract or a new manager. But you know, what what's been your view of watching them sort of have that mini resurgence under under Corbrand? Certainly, partly anyway.
3: I mean, for the majority of them, I would let them go because I think you know some of them are on the fourth, fifth, even sixth chance with the club and you're not really going to progress if you keep giving them sort of players new deals. But if Bartley plays like he has the last three games for the rest of the season, he'll be up there with one of the best defenders in the Championship. So I think it would be foolish to let him go then. But, you know, he's one who's had a lot of chances at the club. But I don't know. I'm not sure what I'd do with Bartley, but the rest of them, I think I'm going to keep them.
0: Yeah. Jacob, you were talking about that Birmingham game and I saw how much it hurt you walking out of the ground. and. Bartlett was booed off by Albion fans that night but you think it was a completely different player now wouldn't you what have you made of his his turnaround
1: I mean you've got to give him credit to have the resilience to um I know there's a new manager but to have the resilience to come back in and to play as well as he's done you know you've got to give him the credit for that because I think like, a lot of us we thought he was he was finished after after Birmingham I didn't see you know I didn't think he'd ever play again fair play
0: to him for getting himself back to form. Yeah, and Chloe, did you see this sort of turnaround? Someone like Matt Phillips as well, who's just looked so devoid of confidence, but he just he looks like a different player under, under Carlos Corbrand. Can you see these players, you know, now being successful at Albion for the next few years? I
2: wouldn't, I wouldn't say for the next few years, I think potentially probably till the end of this season for a couple of them. I think the likes of Matt Phillips, I think, when he's played on the wing, especially, is a great player. But I do think a lot of it stems from the manager and the belief that they put onto the squad. I think, obviously, with Bruce and the results and the fans going against him, he's not going to be putting out that same belief that Corbran is going to be putting into the team now. And I think a lot of that then stems from their performance on the pitch.
0: Yeah, no, it's been really, um, it's been really interesting to see. I'm just going to step away from from sort of on-pitch issues at the moment, talk about off-pitch issues, of which there have been an awful lot. Um, we know about the ownership issues with the loans that Gouch and Liars has taken out and the sort of historic loan that was there as well. And fans are really concerned about issues off the field, which has spawned the the, the group Action for Albion, um, who have been protesting in the last few weeks. We've had, um, we had the the lights or light show, as we've been calling it, on the, the Baggies broadcast, um, I think, which was in the Blackpool game where everyone sort of shined, shined, a, light, shined a light on the board's problems, or, or Albion's problems, shine a light on the board, it was, um, which is pretty impressive. And Then there was the whistles um, in the following game, I think it was the Stoke game. Um, I just wanted to, to go around and get your opinions on it really, guys, and your, just your opinions on the ownership issues and what sort of more can, can be done. I'll start with you, Chloe. Um, what have you made of the sort of action for Albion stuff so far, and, uh, and what else do you think they can do?
2: I think it has been a really progressive sort of movement. I think, you know, it's building like sort of a cause for it and the fact that it was mentioned on Sky that the main broadcasters, when we're not seen as that significant really in the mainstream media, that they actually mentioned it. I think that shows the importance of the issues, but I just think it's kind of a lost cause as to what fans can do, really. I think if you've brought up a season ticket, you there's no point not showing up because you've already paid the money anyway, really.
0: Yeah, and how concerned are you about things sort of off the field at the moment? Because, you know, not a lot of information has come out from the from the club. What's what all your feeling at the moment?
2: I think it is concerning. I think there needs to be more clarity given to fans. And I think, you know, when Gourlay came in and he said that he wanted to be more transparent with fans, that's non-existent. And I think we need to know more to create more of a unified fan base with, like with the club. Because I think ultimately we're the ones that are helping them get the money for transfers and things like that by buying the season tickets and buying the merchandise. And if they're not being transparent with us, then it's just going to start creating a lot of problems, really.
0: Is that, um, for you, Jacob, is that, you know, a lot of Albion fans are unhappy with what's going on at the moment off the field. Is that one of the things that, you know, if there was more information, if the club was coming out and and there was more transparency, it would certainly help the situation?
1: Yeah, we just want to know, don't we? I mean, I remember after... The infamous deadline day when we were told we we're going to be updating on what went wrong and yet here we are you know going into December and we still don't really know what happened um, so if they can't tell us about why transfers didn't happen you know I, I don't expect them for one minute to start telling us about what's going on at the club but it's really concerning because as people that love the club you know we want to know what's going on um, and I just don't think you know, there's been any transparency really from since he's come into the club. Yeah.
0: Um, Jack, what, what's your view on the situation? And just on the, the the sort of protest group really, what have you what have you made of what they've done so far? They've certainly highlighted some of the issues at the, at the football club. Is there anything that you think that could be could be done in terms of sort of their next demonstration or their next sort of action, if you will?
3: I'm not really sure what more can be done. To be fair, look. The borderline itself is a suitable buy for us and we we don't know if there is one of them. But the board, there's something needs to change with the board. But I think us fans at the mini, we're pretty much powerless. The only thing that could be done is next season is everyone boycotts buying the tickets and everything. But now that Corbrand's coming, there's positivity back. I don't see that happening either. Yeah. Is it important that
0: even though Chloe, even though the results have turned that sort of attention remains on these off field issues, I suppose wins do help the sort of positivity or the feeling around the club, but I suppose these issues are still there and they're not going away.
2: I think they still need to be highlighted because I think if Mm -hmm. we start getting the results and we start getting the three points and going up onto the playoffs and then fans forget about it, then it just leaves more space for more things to happen off the pitch and fans not know any more, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's really good and and some really good opinions there on the... On the ownership issues and the and the issues that are worrying Albion fans. Um, so it's three wins on the banks um night for Albion as we headed into the, the World Cup break. Um, I think Albion played at a week off, they were back at the training ground at Walsall um last week, and we've seen pictures today. They're off in Spain on a on a training camp. Um, we've got semi he's come back, Daryl DK um back fit, He returned against Stoke. We're hoping Semia Joy. Um, will be ready to face Sunderland um, in the first game back. I'll just come to you, Jacob. With them two players, they're two players that have been out for quite a while now. Things could have been probably a whole lot lot different if they were they stayed fit this season. How excited are you to see see them back? Certainly, certainly, Dal DK anyway.
1: Well, it'll be nice to actually see DK play. because I think his only home game. I don't think I actually made it to. So, um, I'd actually like to see him play really, but. I mean, for me, we've got, once we get back, we've got, I think, 26 games to the end of the season. We've got absolutely nothing to lose. Um, I don't think that we'll get relegated, but for me, we've we've got 26 games. We may as well go for it with these players back and see what, you know, the sky's the
0: limit, really. Yeah. And just coming to you, Jack, in terms of that that front line, I know a lot of people have been saying they'd like to see sort of Dal DK up alongside Brandon Thomas Asante. Um, how excited are you to see DK actually get a little bit of a run in an Albion shit?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I saw something the other day. I like, he's played the same matches as we've had managers since he signed. <laughs> It'd be be good to actually see him on the pitch. And for me, I would start him from the start. Now he's had this time to get you know, up to speed with the rest of the team. I'd like a front three of Wallace, DK, and DeSante. I think that would be pr- pretty good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a headache there where you fit sort of other players in. Chloe, um, Shemi Ajara, just on Shemi Ajara as well, don't want to forget him. Um, when he was out injured, he was sort of Albion's first choice. Now he's coming into a back line that's got three clean sheets under its belt with O'Shea and, and Bartley, as we've just been waxing lyrical about there before. Um, is it going to be difficult for him to come straight back in now to the Albion side?
2: I don't think so. I think even though we've got the clean sheets, I think he has still got a pretty decent spot in the side. And I think, I mean, we could always alternate him with Bartley or things like that, because ultimately their fitness will go, especially with Bartley's, and he's prone to pick up an injury, no doubt. So I think Adjoi will come straight back into the squad, very really.
0: Yeah, we've just touched on a few other, other players there. Um, Jack mentioned uh, Jed Wallace. I'm just going to come round and ask you about, Jed Wallace because, you know, there's been a lot of players over the last few years that Albion fans couldn't really sort of identify with and um some could have been accused of not sort of showing passion, but Jed Wallace has been completely different out of anyone this season. He's probably the only one who hasn't sort of had any had a stick. How sort of how pleasing has it been to see him do well in an Albion shirt and and see that connection that he's got with the, the supporters?
1: Just think it's it's a player that we needed, really, a, a player that's got character, that's got guts, that's got grit. Um, and I think he's a player that can, you know, hopefully be an example to some of those other players in that squad.
0: Yeah. What about you, Chloe? We saw him doing the, so he's getting a lot of flack at Millwall and he did the sort of fist pump celebration in front of the the Millwall fans. And we've seen his sort of Superman um Superman celebration as well. This seems to be bringing the the supporters and the and the players a little bit closer together and he seems to be sort of leading that really.
2: Yeah, I'm seeing him in like all the press things that he's doing as well, where he's talking about like the unity and the squads. And I think going forward in like the next season or so I could see him being captain. I think he really does pull the squad together and he does command the pitch really when he's on there.
0: Yeah, an ex-Wolves fan as Albion captain. Imagine that. Um Jack. Just on the other summer signing, just briefly before we wrap up, um, John Swift has, had been very, very off the boil, um, certainly under Steve Bruce. And the Carlos Corbran, he's another one who sort of sparked back into life. Um, how big of a part can you see him playing between now and the end of the season? He's got a couple of assists in the last few games and, and 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 seems to have really hit a little bit of form going into the World Cup. I
3: mean, I think he could be massive for us, to be honest. Well, you look at him the past three, four seasons, he's been one of the best players in the league. We brought him in. He didn't have the best start to the season, but was that to do with him or was that to do with where he was playing? Because it looked like he was just playing all down the wings, completely bypassing him. But you know, he is a quality player. I and mean, if he can get a link up, like you know, Wallace and DK, I think you know, we could have something going there.
0: Yeah, yeah. But well, we're coming to the end of this uh, this baggage broadcast. Special fans episode. We talked someone, one of you guys briefly mentioned sort of what Albion can do between now and the end of the season. So I'm going to come round all three of you and get you to stick your necks out on the line um, and just predict what Albion can do. No one could have predicted Albion being bottom of the table after, what was it, 14 games. Uh, But we'll see if we can predict where Albion are going to be after 46. I'll I'll come back to you straight away, back to you, Jack. Uh, Now, Albion legend Ali Robertson wrote in his Express and Star column last week that Albion can get in the playoffs even get in the top two which I thought was a very very ambitious where can what from what you've seen so far with Carlos Corbrand what can you see um Albion achieving this season? That's to Jack. Are you there? Yeah. Are you there? Oh, I thought you'd frozen then where sorry Jack, where can you see sort of where can you what's your sort of I'll probably get Ask you to use, well, if you can, use your head over your heart or your heart over your head. Where do you see Albion finishing this season?
3: I think the best we could aim for is sixth, fifth or sixth. I don't think we'll be challenging the top two. I think top ten is probably the most realistic, though.
0: Yeah, would you be happy with top ten at the moment, Jack, given the way that things have gone so far this season?
3: Yeah, well, I don't really think you can ask for more. If he comes in, like, halfway through the season and gets in the top ten from where we were, can't really complain about that. Yeah I'll come up to you Jacob Because
0: you're at the top of my screen um, What what can you see Are you sort of glass half empty glass Half full Where where can you see Albion turning it around and finishing um, I think in my heart I'd love us to finish in
1: the top six um, In my head I, I think we'll be probably top half I don't think we'll be I can't see us being in the top six
0: No and I come to you, Chloe. These guys have been a sort of a bit half and half there. I'm expecting you to sort of come out and blurt out top two now. Um, where do you think Alvin can finish this season?
2: I'm feeling cautiously optimistic. I'm thinking <laughs> third or fourth, maybe, <laughs> and I hope.
0: Yeah, do you think that do you think that can actually happen? As as, you know, I think Jacob's alluded to, there's a lot of games left, isn't there?
2: Exactly. And I think we just need to go on a good run. And before we know him in the top half of the league as it is then. So what's to stop us pushing for promotion, really?
0: Yeah, well, we started this podcast on a positive note with Carlos Corbrand's three wins. It dipped in the middle where we talked about what happened last season and the depths of the start of this season. And it's finished there with Chloe on a really positive note with a a prediction that Albion are going to get in the top three or four. So fingers crossed. That happens between now and the end of the season. Guys, thank you very much for your time. Um, it's been great to get three baggies fans on and get your different views on the, the season so far and last season and what's gone on off the field as well. Um so yeah, again, thanks for your time. You guys at home, thank you again for listening to the Baggies broadcast. Um and I hope you've enjoyed the the mini guest series we've had so far. We've been dropping episodes, me and Lewis Cox every Thursday. Um, so far you've had Andy Johnson Simon Cox you've got Darren Carter coming up this Thursday and we've got a big one to finish with Darren Moore the following Thursday they're all available on Spotify SoundCloud and Apple this podcast as always is brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man so from myself from Jacob from Jack and from Chloe until next time goodbye